0: Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to Saved Not Soft, a Christian podcast where we talk about all things Jesus, navigating your life as a Christian, and what it's like doing this. It's hard. This isn't a soft journey it's hard y'all and i'm so blessed that uh if you've returned that you are back today listening or watching on youtube and if this is your first time hi my name is emmy moore i am the host and today you guys i'm so so excited and we're gonna have to jump into it really really quickly because we have a lot we have a lot to talk about uh today we are talking about boundaries how to set them why we don't set them and the causes of not setting boundaries and what it's like to set set boundaries so i'm so excited to talk about this today very very hyped um so yeah i'm gonna open up in prayer um and then just kick it from there we're we're going we're coming in strong today we're coming in quick so if you guys could please bow your heads with me and let's pray father god we just thank you for being here and for showing up for showing up always god We invite you into our presence, Lord, whether if it's in my room or on the other side of this person's screen, Father God. We're trusting that you're going to show up, that you are going to speak to us, that you are going to teach us. Father God, use me as a vessel. This is your platform, not mine. This is your podcast, not mine. This is simply a platform to give you exposure, to show everybody who you are. So, God, I pray that you do that today. I pray that um, there are chains broken of unhealthy patterns. I pray that um, we become more self-disciplined and encouraged by what you have to say and who you are. I, I just pray for encouragement, wisdom. And I know when we ask for wisdom that we could get it. And if we come with, with intention at your feet to, to seek something from you, that you will give it to us because we are your children. And Lord, we're asking for your wisdom and we're asking to learn and to be encouraged and most of all, to be loved. And we know, we're gonna, we know that you're going to show up and most of all, we know that you're going to be good. So we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your patience with us and we thank you just for let alone being here. We enjoy your presence, Father. We enjoy you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, what are we gonna talk about today, y'all? Boundaries. And this is um, a fun topic because I don't even feel like you only gotta be Christian to listen to this. I feel like this is a topic that hits everybody no matter what age, no matter what sex you are, this is a message that is going to hit everybody because setting boundaries and setting goals and standards for yourself is absolutely crucial and necessary. And I think because of culture and social media, or let alone just generational trauma, a lot of people don't know how to have boundaries anymore, or let alone how to set them. Or because we don't know how to set boundaries, we end up compromising for things that weren't even a part of God's plan. So we're gonna talk about everything boundary wise today, and uh, the most perfect Bible story came up for this. Every single little part of it. When I was reading this and I was studying, uh, and it's such a random book too. But whenever I was reading and, and studying this book. I just felt like this like sharp knife just like like hitting me just kind of like oh 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 my goodness like this this word is crazy so I'm excited to share with y'all and to tell you what God told me and what God has to say um if you guys want to turn to your Bibles and want to know what book we're going to be in today we're going to be in Nehemiah I thought it was Nehemiah it's Nehemiah um but that is the book we're going to be in today. Old Testament. We going back. I feel like... Uh, no, I feel like we do enough like Old Testament, New Testament stuff. But today we're going to be in the Old Testament. Uh, Nehemiah is uh, the book. There's four chapters. Uh, and four... For you guys to get to the whole basis of the story, you could read all four chapters on your own. I'm going to pretty much summarize it for you because the whole story I'm going to share is pretty much what the whole book is about. Um, I just don't want to read word for word, or we would be here for about 30 minutes just reading uh, with no insight and application. So I'm going to uh, summarize it. Homework for y'all, please read this on your own uh, because I do believe when you put yourself in God's Word, you will receive a different revelation, or God will tell you something that I may have missed. So, homework. Go back to the Word and read this over. But this is just my interpretation of what God has told me and what uh, I've read. So, basically the book of Nehemiah, um, starts, well, there needs to be some actual historical background. So King Solomon built a temple and, um, Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel ended up splitting into two kingdoms. The first one being the Northern kingdom, uh, which was Israel. The second one being Judah and 200 years later about because of their disobedience and they had Idolatry problems, and they were just being self indulgent. God released His judgment onto them, and because of that, uh, Assyria and Babylon ended up conquering both of those. Uh, then Persia, the the Persian Empire, ended up rising to power and overtaking uh, Babylon. And then the Jews were able to come back to Jerusalem, and they built. Uh, I missed a huge chunk. Uh, After, sorry, history is all over the place. After Babylon and Assyria took over um, Israel and Judah, the temple that King Solomon built was destroyed. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Sorry, that was like the biggest part of the story and I missed it. Um, And after that, the Persian Empire rose to power, overtook the Babylonians, yes, that's how you say it correctly, and the Jews were able to come back to Jerusalem, but they did not have any walls. Their walls were compromised and corrupted um, because the, the temple was supposed to be sacred, and the walls represented dignity and power and protection. So when the walls were corrupted and compromised, it's... It's open for attack. It's vulnerable. And we go kind of through this story, through the books before of like, okay, this temple went down and then they brought it back up, but there's no walls and just all this like war historical context. I'm really trying to explain it a lot better. It's like I know it in my head, but to explain it out loud is really hard. Once I speak a sermon one day, I will do it. But y'all, this is a podcast. This is not a sermon. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm just teaching. Uh, so yeah. This is where Nehemiah comes in. I think I said Nehemiah. If I keep, I, I know I know it's Nehemiah. I keep messing it up. This is where Nehemiah comes in. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king of, or the king of the Persian Empire because they overtook Babylon. So Nehemiah was serving the king of the Persian Empire and he overheard the king talking about the dire situation that was happening in Jerusalem and these walls. And Nehemiah was so troubled by it that he prayed and fasted for four months straight because he wanted to come to the king and prompt to the king to go to Jerusalem and build, and build these walls. And so after four, uh, not 40 days, excuse me, after four months of praying and of fasting, he prompts it to the king and the king's like, okay, Nehemiah, you could go and rebuild these walls, right? So Nehemiah then goes to Jerusalem and he's assessing the walls and the corruption and the damage. And he was actually getting opposition from it. People were getting mad That he wanted to rebuild the walls. And so Nehemiah is just kind of like, okay, whatever. So he was facing opposition and judgment from from the people of Jerusalem, from the Jews, that he wanted to rebuild these walls. He ended up rebuilding these walls in 52 days and succeeded. So that's kind of like the short story of what happened in the book of Nehemiah. We're going to go into... How this applies to boundaries and why it is so important. And I think you guys can guess as to why we're talking about this Bible story about walls and boundaries because they're sentimental, right? So, walls putting something up, and when you put them down, you're open for attack, you're vulnerable. And that's exactly what it's like with boundaries. When they're not put up, we are open for attack, we are vulnerable. And you can see us. So this this parallel of the story of Nehemiah and how we set boundaries, how how our Jerusalem is so sacred and so valuable, but yet there's compromised, corrupted walls around it. And we see that in the historical context, even though it was kind of complicated the way I explained it, that... This temple was built a minute ago and it was destroyed a minute ago. These walls were destroyed a minute ago. The temple wasn't destroyed. The second one wasn't. The first one was. But when they rebuilt the second one, the walls were still compromised. They were still corrupted. And this lasted for decades. And Nehemiah built it back up. Rebuilt it in 52 days. I think when I first read this story, the number one thing that stuck out to me that was like, hmm, is when Nehemiah was trying to rebuild these walls in Jerusalem. He was receiving backlash and opposition. And I apply that to, to boundaries that I've set in my life walls I've wanted to build I needed to rebuild and the opposition and the opposition that I got and the first example that I that I thought of is is sexual purity I can't tell you how many men get so mad at me oh you are virgin oh you don't do this and they think it's like cute at first I'm just like no like I'm not having sex with you (laughs) we're not doing this Like, never. And they think it's like cute and just like, oh my gosh, she innocent. I could change her or whatever. And then once they find out I'm for real about it, they get mad. (laughs) And it's kind of like, I'm I'm like reading my life story when I see like Nehemiah like trying to build these walls and people are mad at him for, for building boundaries. Like the world is going to be mad at you for building boundaries that are set by the standard of God and when when I apply that to my situation and and I read this, I was like, that's actually kind of comforting i I didn't know there was a there was a story in the Bible that I could relate to in a sense like that, and then I didn't know that I needed to hear a story like that so I could relate and feel comfort in that so that that was um that was the first thing I noticed about reading. This message in the story in the Bible is that the opposition is going to be spoken when boundaries are set in God's standard because we know that Nehemiah prayed and fasted for four months. And the world is going to hate that you're going to set boundaries that fit the standard of God opposition should be expected how are we going to handle it right I think that's kind of more of a rhetorical question how are you going to to handle opposition when you start setting boundaries and before I kind of go deep into that I kind of want to address as to why it's hard for us to set boundaries and why it's important for us to set boundaries and I know I'm so off my notes and uh, I feel like I write these notes so specific and just, okay, we're going to do this. (laughs) And then I completely go off of it. Uh, We're going to read Nehemiah 2.17. It says, Then I said to them, you see the trouble that we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and the gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. So, As it was said before, the the first temple that was built by King Solomon was destroyed whenever Assyria and uh, and Babylon took over Israel and Judah. okay. Then whenever the Persian Empire conquered the Babylonians, the second temple was built, but the walls were still compromised. And Nehemiah hears that Jerusalem lies in ruins and the gates have been burned with fire. Come let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. So this isn't a building thing. This is a rebuilding thing. There's a difference between building something and rebuilding something. There's a difference between construction and reconstruction. To build and to construct means that it's brand new. I'm, go- I'm going to make something right now. But, but to, to reconstruct or to rebuild something means that you are taking the damaged parts and using it to rebuild something, quote unquote, new. And we see that these walls have to be rebuilt, how does that apply to boundaries? Our boundaries have to be rebuilt. Do you think like you realize that morally there are standards? There's we we have honestly, it's just innocence. Now that I'm thinking about it, we have this innocence when we're children, right? When we're children, we're innocent, we're new to the world, we don't know all the bad stuff. And the fire and the damage that comes from the world can burn down our walls. So boundaries ain't even new to us. It's just something that has burnt down that we now have to rebuild. And it's something so, so sacred. Our temple, which is us, is so sacred that it needs walls to protect itself. Because when the walls are down and they're compromised and corrupted, you are open for attack, you are vulnerable. And things from the outside that aren't supposed to see you just yet are seeing you. And your people, your family, your friends, the people you care about, everything. Everything that's in that city, they see it. (laughs) boundaries are not new to us the issue with boundaries is not the fact that we have them it's the fact they've been damaged and burnt down and now we have to learn how to rebuild them and I don't know what instant has burnt down your walls from the world how tragic it is, how traumatizing it is or upsetting. But just know that God is going to take your damaged things and make it good. That, like, you see how people be flipping houses and stuff? I remember I would would drive to the gym. I would drive to the gym every morning, and I used to see this, like, really crusty house on the way to the gym. This past year, they've reconstructed it, and it looks really, really nice. A year, and and that house was raggedy for, like, years. And in a year, due to dedication, hard work, and mighty hands, the house looks beautiful. So if we see it in the evidence of the world that good things can come out of damaged goods, then we know that God can do that within our hearts. That was so nice to hear. I feel like God just told me that. (laughs) Sorry. I feel like God just told me that. That was so sweet. I feel like, no, not that I feel like I know that every part of me that is damaged, as long as I let God, that he could use it to make something so, so good. And he could transform my heart and he could renew my mind. And we see this. We see the reason as to why the the walls around the Temple of Jerusalem went down in the first place was because there was a war. There was a lot of scary stuff happening. So the walls came down because for a very valid reason that there was a war. We all face wars. We all face giants. We all face, face things that have hurt us, that have knocked us down, that have burnt us, that have damaged us. And it's not your fault that the walls came down. Because you alone aren't strong enough. But when? But. But when? But when? When we walk with Christ, we have a new layer of protection. And we have a new leader. Shoot, we have a constructor. We have a construction man. And I think, and I know, I feel like I say, and I think, I know, I know that God is so good that when you know him, he can now be invited to those walls that were burnt and broken down. And he is able to rebuild them. Only he can. And we know that this wasn't just like a. Nehemiah thing because he had to draw strength from the Lord. He had to seek God first. Before he went on this mission. And even Nehemiah's uh, intention. To go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem is so beautiful because it says that he was sitting there in scripture. It says that he heard the, the dire situation that Jerusalem was in with these walls, right? And he heard it from the king that he was serving. And once Nehemiah understood the value of Jerusalem, he wanted to do any and everything he could to rebuild those walls. I would even plan on saying this a huge reason as to why people don't want to set boundaries is because they don't understand the value of themselves. (laughs) I can literally scream. Oh, that makes me so hurt though. But it's so true when you don't understand the value of something, how are you supposed to protect it? How are you supposed to set precautions and standards for the very thing you don't even understand. And we see that in Nehemiah's first action after he understands the, the value of Jerusalem, he prays. He goes to God immediately, which is something we have not seen people do in the Bible times time to time. We see Adam and Eve just kind of chilling, talking to the serpent and like eat the fruit, just kind of like, uh, whatever. We see. We see a whole bunch of people in the story not turning to God first. But this is such a good example of what Nehemiah did. He understood the value. He turned to God and he prayed and he fasted. And not just for like four days or for a day. For four months. Because prayer and fasting love each other. They like partners. When you fast, you need to pray. Got to. You have to. If you're not, if you're not praying while you're fasting, you, you're just on a diet. You're just starving yourself. But when you have open communication with the Lord Father and you're dying to your flesh at the same time, you become more spiritually aware. So the first thing that Nehemiah does is that. Because he says, God, I see the value in this. And I, and I want to know if I need to do something about this. And God gave him strength. He gave him approval and then Nehemiah took it to the king. And king was like, okay, go ahead. And he went and rebuilt these walls in 52 days. You understand that these walls were corrupted and burnt and damaged for decades. And because of Nehemiah's dedication and instruction and because he sought God first, he sought the kingdom before he sought his accomplishments because of that decades worth of damage was rebuilt in 52 days. And that is out of the fruits of obedience of self-discipline out of submission and, and most of all, out of awareness of understanding The value of Jerusalem. We could apply this to ourselves because I think a lot of us like want to have boundaries, but we don't set them because, like, one, we won't go to God about it. It's just kind of like I'm I'm gonna take a very practical situation because I know the majority of people who listen are women. Which I'm so blessed for, my girls. I love every single one of you. Can I just tell y'all how I love you so much? I'm so blessed that you guys listen. And uh, it's it's like you guys are like my sisters. I I meet you guys sometimes. If you ever see me in public, please say what's up. Because uh, I would love to meet all of you. Like, if, if you scared, get over it. Like, come give me a hug. <laughs> um, But I'm going to talk to y'all real quick about setting some boundaries. Because you know, I know a thing or two about manipulating myself. (laughs) I know a thing or two about it. One of them being with like men, um, we talking about men. Yes, we have to, because we are so weak in this area. And I feel like every girl i be talking to it's, it's like a cycle of the same pattern and issue. If you're not setting these boundaries by the standard of God, Jerusalem's walls were damaged and corrupted. And because of it, it was open for attack and vulnerable. So when I've been hurt by things, my walls have been damaged and burned down. And my walls are corrupted. My boundaries are burnt. So say if I, little homeboy, come across and he like 6'6". Six, six. I like my, t- my men tall. I'm sorry. And he like 6'6". Six, six. Maybe a Hooper. Maybe not. I kind of got to think for Hoopers. <laughs> Help me, Lord. I got to think for everybody if they love Jesus. Anyways. Um, but say like homeboy, I kind of come across, you know, my my city, my boundaries, my damaged boundaries. And he looking good. He looking fine. He could walk straight through. And it's not even because I gave him permission. But it's because everywhere is an entrance. Because I have even set up a foundation to keep it out. I'm not saying men are terrible. But I'm saying when it comes to temptation. Temptation is... Temptation will never go away. Can we talk about this real quick? Temptation will never go away. It's all about what you do about it. Talked about this last week and I feel like the week before. It's not necessarily about what is happening, but how you respond. You are going to be faced with temptation. We know this because Jesus was tempted, but he didn't sin. It's your choice if you're going to sin or not. So whatever your temptation is, that's walking past your walls that are damaged and corrupted. Does it have accessibility to walk in or not? And I think we need to assess the war and the battle that happened for those walls to come down in the first place. So I understand that mine, for an example, was my bad relationship with my birth father and with my earthly father. And because of that lack of intimacy and um, mostly lack of intimacy and validation, my walls have been burnt down. So when something tempting walks by, they could just come and chill and hang out in my city live rent-free in my mind because I have compromised the damage of my walls instead of getting up and dedicating myself to fix it. That's exactly what Nehemiah does. He says, these walls have been down for a minute, decades, decades. Oh no, we'll wrap this up. You realize how long 52 days is, right? That's not a long time to rebuild the to rebuild walls to Jerusalem. Do you know how how like big that is? It took him 52 days. He wasn't alone. He had workers. But anyways, that's like what a month and a half? To something that was burnt for decades? I think it was like 70 years. Don't take my word on that. I, I think it was like around 70 years. That is like a whole lifespan for somebody. And now you're protected and you have your dignity and integrity back because you dedicated yourself for 52 days under the instruction of God. Imagine how different our lives would be and how we would handle situations and get out of patterns if we just dedicated ourselves to rebuilding our boundaries instead of letting them sit and reside in the, in the damage and the burnt in the what in the in the damaged parts and in the broken pieces of these walls. Imagine if we just said no, I'm going to dedicate myself under the instruction of the Lord to rebuild this because I know if I don't, I'm vulnerable. I am open for attack. People can see me who I don't want to be seeing me. My enemies can see me. And boundaries is a is kind of a hard topic because I think there's some people who will listen to this and think, "Oh, I'm already cool with boundaries because I don't trust anyone." There's a huge difference between setting boundaries and not trusting people for no absolute reason. It's basically like this: say if say if you came to my house and you stole everything good here you stole I love my Gucci bag you stole my bags you stole you stole my shoes you stole pictures of my loved ones and jewelry that I've had for decades that you just came in and invaded my home right I could forgive you but you best believe I'm not letting you back in my house (laughs) we could talk outside though do you see the difference? That's what, that's what setting boundaries is. Some people setting boundaries isn't trusting people for no absolute reason, because some people just won't let anybody in and you in a dark hole wanting, wondering why no light has ever been shown in it. This is a completely different topic. We're going to talk about trust issues one day. Um, not today. We do not have time, uh, or I would be here for another hour, but I just want to let you guys know that trust issues and setting boundaries are two completely different things. Okay. Setting boundaries is under the standard of God. Not trusting people for no absolute reason is out of self-indulgence. Do we understand? Capisce? Copy. Okay. We need to set boundaries because we are valuable we are important. That's the whole reason as to why Jerusalem had walls in the first place. Because Jerusalem, that the temple in Jerusalem was important. We are important. We are valued. And I know this is Old Testament, but when Jesus came and gave us the the Holy Spirit, he dwells within us now. The the tabernacles and the synagogues and the temples And the Ark of Covenants that people had to go to to pray and to be in the presence of God now lives within us. God switched homes. Do you understand how important your body is? My brothers and sisters, you are so valued and important. And not just based off of you alone. You alone are important. But there's a bigger purpose that's within you. The Holy Spirit resides in you. Resides in you. Do you understand this? I think that is the biggest gift ever. And I think that's bigger than anybody's purpose ever here on earth is that to, to know that God dwells within me and that He chose me to dwell in is such a gift. Why wouldn't I take extra precautions to protect that? And to set things in order to make sure that this is a safe space for the Lord. That this this is a proper dwelling place for the Lord. Cause we live in together with God. This is a partnership. Cause I think people will just kind of be like, Oh yeah, like God gonna do it, you know? It's it says nowhere in the Bible that Jesus gonna do it for you. It says God will go before you, but he won't do it for you. It does not say that anywhere in the Bible that that God is going to do anything for you. We are in partnership with the Lord. So when it comes to him dwelling within us, when we don't have boundaries set and we're open for attack, we're not hurting just his home, but we live there too. Your body is so important. Your temple is so, so important. You are important. And most of all, I think what's so nice about knowing that God dwells and lives inside of you and is in partnership with you is that you are constantly seen and heard. And you're valued. God's like, say it again. You're valued and if you can never get that gratification from anybody in the, Lord, in, the, in the world, just know that God will always give you the validation that you are enough and you were worth dying for and you're worth to dwell in. That God enjoys you so much that he dwells within you. I feel someone like really receiving peace right now. And that's honestly the goal of this message is to is to receive peace is to go look. I've kind of had my walls down. I haven't set boundaries to my sacred space. I'm important. I'm valued like some of you just like like homework for this week. like just know that you're valued and speak that over yourself. I am valued. I am loved. I am wanted. I am called. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am loved because he loves me first. Just biblical, uplifting affirmations. Like, if, that, if that's something that that's kind of touching your heart right now, if that's something you haven't heard in a while... Trust me, I was I was one of those girls that just never, even still to this day, when it came from, like, my parents, I know how hard it is to, like, not receive validation from your parents. And, like, even just, like, being hugged. Like, imagine not being hugged your whole life. It sucks. It makes you feel like you're not worthy of being touched um, or being cared for or nurtured for. It's, like... When I, when I first heard someone tell me that they see me and they value me, and not only that they do, because man's validation can only go so far, but that God always sees me, and God always hears me, and God always enjoys me and loves me, that changed everything. So just know that before you could approve anything that that man does, just know that that God is worth all the approval and all the praise and all the glory. Because in all circumstances he is good to you. And he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. In all things. That was a, an encouragement I'd even plan on saying, but uh God's just kinda of speaking right now. I was like, I have my notes right here, but God's like, nope, don't look at them. Okay, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say, God? Okay. Mm. Sorry, gosh just kind of talking. Okay. I, before we kind of go into this next segment of what I have in this episode. Because I still have like so much notes left. I'm like looking at this. If you have something, like I just kind of want everyone to like close the, your eyes. Whatever you're doing, whether if you're at... The gym, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Just kind of (laughs) don't close your eyes if you're driving. If you're in your room, if you're meditating, whatever it is, just close your eyes and ask God to take you to your damaged walls. And just like assess it. Lord, we ask for wisdom, we ask for clarity. I really believe that the Lord is going to show you guys what burnt down your walls. Like, take time, even if you need to pause this episode and come back. Like, really look at what burnt down these walls and grieve it. And that's what God was, was telling me right now, is that He said, I Emmy, mean, your sisters, and some of your brothers need to grieve about what's been lost because we know when we rebuild something it wasn't the OG it was taking the burnt broken corrupted pieces of of the original and making it something new but i think a lot of us need to look at our damaged goods and weep and grieve what we lost and grief, what has happened to us. Because. Once you understand the value of you. You start to sympathize more with what happened. And I don't care if people have told you. Oh you shouldn't cry over this. Or you should be grateful. Or that's not trauma. That's not even that big of a problem. No matter how gaslit you've been. Over the damage that's been done in your life. It's valuable. It's seen. And it's hurt you. It's time to grieve it. It's time to grieve the thing that hurts you. And you can't properly grieve if you don't even acknowledge that it's valuable first. So know that what happened to you happened and it wasn't okay. And it wasn't okay. And that shouldn't have happened to you. But it's now time to rebuild and to get something new. And you have the best handyman right next to you. Like a 110% insurance plan. Like... <laughs> This thing is not going to come back down again. This is built with some crazy tools and bricks, like bricks made of gold. You have God as your handyman. You have God as your protector. Mm, and just know that when you're rebuilding these walls, that the, the covering that God is giving isn't just like, oh, I, I, I helped you build these. Like, I built these walls back up for you. It's like his blood. mm, Just like, I just see his blood pour over the walls. And him saying, I died for this. That needed to be said. Thank you, God, for intervening. For the intervention. And I just see a few of you kind of coming to this boundaries topic like it's nothing new that you've kind of like seen the damaged walls but done nothing about it and just kind of give up and turn the other way because when we don't set boundaries we compromise and we compromise because in some sense we gave up and there's a few reasons as to why we give up I wrote down a few we give up because we have unrealistic expectations. We give up because we don't have an actionable plan on our own. We give up because we're, in, we're impatient. We give up because we have a negative perception of failure. We give up because we, re- we rely on external sources that aren't God to give us validation We give up because we let external negative responses get to us that are not from God. We give up because at times we believe we don't deserve it. And we give up because we rely on motivation more than discipline. That last one. When I wrote that, I was like, that's so true. We give up because we, (laughs) That's so good. We give up because we rely on motivation more than discipline. Because first day, first day coming around, I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. We got this, right? That motivation only lasts two days. And once it stops, what you gonna do? I think I see that most like in like the gym. I feel like I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I just, I just wish I was just as motivated. I am motivated. You think I want to get up at 6 a.m. every morning? And go to Pilates and then lift right after for another hour? Do you think I want? Do you think I'm motivated to do that? It's no, I I do it because I know I'm becoming stronger. I'm I'm implementing like mobility for like, I have really bad, like ankle issues. Y'all don't know that about me, but my knees and my ankles suck. Cause I would walk on my tippy toes as a kid. Don't judge. I was one of the toe walkers. <laughs> I was one of them, but uh, I, I get up and I do it not because I'm motivated to, but because I'm disciplined enough to, we got to do the same things with these boundaries. It's like, okay, like I'm going to make sure I don't sleep with anybody Oh, no. A cute dark skin. You wake up in his bed the next morning. Like. That's not OK. <laughs> that's not OK. That's not OK. It's because we just like have this motivation. That's not being produced by God, we just kind of make up this motivation like, oh, it'll be good for me. It's going to be good for the kingdom. This isn't just about you. Your actions affect you, yes, of course. But what you do is so much more bigger than just you. What you do is affecting your relationship with God because everything you do, you're deciding your closeness to God. Your actions can hurt your kids. I know people be watching me and they moms like with kids that are like 10 and eight and maybe even older, what you do affects your kids. It affects the standard you're setting for your marriage and for your parenting. What you do right now matters. And we can't rely on motivation to keep us satisfied. When motivation doesn't keep us in, in a posture of satisfaction, the Lord does. And we know from the Lord, the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, self-discipline is is one of the fruits and you need to draw strength from the Lord to receive that I was scared my my timer went off for my I thought my podcast ended right now I was gonna be like no we just get it in and we give up and when we give up we compromise I I don't even feel like I got to dig into this too deep. You know dang well when you give up on something, you fall into something that God never really ordained for you. And it's because we have this lack of setting boundaries. And because I lack setting boundaries, I gave up setting them. And because of that, because I was too lazy to stay committed to build my boundaries, I compromised For something that God never even ordained for me in the first place. And why do we compromise? Because we're impatient. We're impatient. That's the whole reason as to why the Israelites fabricated a golden calf. It's because it was manufactured out of the pleading of their impatience. Not out of, you know what? Like Moses, you doing a good job. Let's build this calf to glorify. They said Moses, you're taking way too long up there. I know you set the standard for you taking way too long. And out of the fruits of their impatience, they orchestrated a golden calf and had orgies and all this weird stuff. I don't know. It's freaking voodoo. Was it Exodus thirty? Too is that where it talks about going, up When the people saw that Moses was so long and coming, like this already just sounds so complaining. Like, I get it, just sounds like these people complaining. When the people saw that Moses was taking so long to come down, like I know they're just like, What's taking you so long? When the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and they said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And impatience does not flow from the fruits of the spirit. If anything, it's opposite from the fruits of the spirit because we know that patience is a fruit from the spirit. So obviously impatience isn't. And when we're impatient... When we're impatient, we orchestrate and compromise to things that will never serve us and that God never ordained in the first place. And then that becomes idolatry. That becomes idolatry. Sorry, that literally becomes idolatry. That's really scary to think about. And what's crazy about about the self-discipline thing is that we see with Nehemiah these walls were corrupted for seven, these walls were corrupted for decades and they stayed corrupted because the people compromised and they gave up but Nehemiah understood the value of these walls and understood the value of Jerusalem they said that he first brought to that he first went to the Lord and prayed about it and fasted for it for four, for four months, pleaded to the king, he said yes, went to Jerusalem and rebuilt these walls, faced opposition, and, but got it done in 52 days. Something that people, settle, something that people settled for for 74 decades was rebuilt in 52 days because it was, it was by the standards of the Lord. And it didn't, this wasn't produced out of impatience. This wasn't produced out of self-indulgence or, or compromising. Those walls were able to be rebuilt in 52 days because God was the leader and the value was seen and instead of compromising for what everybody else was saying and doing self-discipline patience prayer and fasting seeking the lord putting him first and submitting to him is what rebuilt those walls so i don't know what your walls are i don't know i don't i don't know but boundaries you need to set. I don't know what are what the things are that are in your life that you're lacking in, but it's time to rebuild. And this ain't nothing new. This ain't nothing new. It's time to rebuild the thing that has damaged you and hurt you. Grieve it, cry over it, sob on it, weep on it. Jesus is right there right there with you, but we can't stay in a, in a posture of compromising and passivity. Instead, we know that when, when we decrease, our Lord increases. So let this posture of, of your walls being down be an opportunity to platform your burnt down walls so, so the Lord can reconstruct them. And rebuild them. And you can't heal what you don't reveal. Reveal it, and God can heal it. That's like such a pastor line. I feel like a pastor when I said that. Can't heal what you don't reveal. And how do you rebuild boundaries? I wrote down three things if you want to write them down because I know some of you guys like to take notes and I think it's really cute. So thank you. Uh, First, what Nehemiah did, prayer and fasting. When you fast, you become more spiritually aware. And when you're praying, it's direct communication with with the Father. So we see that when he understood the value and he wanted to rebuild these walls, he prayed about it and he fasted. Because he needed to understand from the Lord his instruction. Nehemiah needed to understand the instruction that the Lord was going to give him. Number two being, let God's word set the standard of your boundaries. Because you could orchestrate what you want to do all day long, but God needs to be the standard. Why does God need to be the standard? Because he is perfect and he is the truth. No if, ants or buts. God is the standard. So when you take his principles and apply that to your boundaries, you're keeping a safe space for you and God because he dwells in you. Number three, last one, be self disciplined and draw your strength from the Lord because we cannot do this on our own. I'm not strong enough to just simply get over the stuff that happened to me. I, I can't, I'm weak but good thing God is strong. And when I decrease, he increases. So draw your strength from the Lord. I encourage you guys to just really pray about this and to get in your word, read the story of Nehemiah this week, and just see what God has to say. If you got a new revelation, whatever it may be, re-listen to this message if you have to. But we need to set boundaries desperately, because if we don't we're open and vulnerable for attack, but I have more than confidence that the Lord spoke in this message and he has touched your guys' hearts and he has definitely illustrated towards, towards you guys that he wants to change that and he wants to transform you. My question is, are you going to let God do that today? We're gonna pray. I'm gonna give a few announcements and then we're going to go. So please pray with me. Father, we just thank you for this message that you just spoke I even learned so much, Father, just hearing you speak through me. I am so blessed that you care and love each and every single one of your children. And that you are so willing to, to rebuild the things that have been burnt down by sin. We are thanking you in every instance. We invite you to our grieving process. Lord, I I pray for the people who are going to be in a season of grieving, that they feel your comfort, that they feel your hospitality, that they feel your love, your unbearable, just everlasting love. I pray that your sons and daughters know that they're not alone, that they are loved, that they are cared for, and you collect our teardrops, God. Let new walls be built. Set the standard for our boundaries, how we should go about things. Be our leader. Be our savior. Be our king, our father, our friend, our everything. We're inviting you into every single little aspect of our life, God. We love you and we adore you and we thank you. Don't leave us. Stay close. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening and watching, if you watch on YouTube, hey, what's up, <laughs> hello, a uh, few announcements, if you feel led to tithe towards this ministry, there are links, if you're watching, in the description of my YouTube, um, if you are listening in the my link tree in my bio on Instagram, uh, which is Save Not Soft Podcast, uh, there is a tab that says tithe uh it is a cash app link because i don't know how to set up something more professional If someone can help me let me know uh so if you feel led to tithe towards this ministry you're more than welcome to i appreciate all of it i really appreciate everything that you guys have given um i i wish i could like respond i could only send like a heart back on like cash up i wish i could write y'all messages because i'm just like thank you uh it's been such a blessing um if you can't either give money whatsoever good thing there's prayer i always need prayer uh just leading this ministry and just god giving me wisdom and insight and uh just that he's moving me forward in the kingdom whatever that looks like i have no idea what it looks like uh so yeah prayers are always accepted and appreciated as well Uh, if you have been saved from this podcast, if you have given your life to the Lord, there is also a link that says, I just got saved. If you could please fill it out and say your name, your testimony, there's a little comment section. Um, let me know how I can pray for you because, and how I can congratulate you as well. Congratulations. Yay. So excited. Uh, and then the last one, if you need prayer for anything, there's also a link that says I need prayer. Uh, it's Google docs form. You just put your name. And put what you need prayer for and uh, I will be praying for you. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, I hope you guys have a blessed, ooh, a kind of announcement. But next podcast, I will talk about it a little bit more. I will be taking a month break coming up soon. I know, so sad because um, we're going to transition over to like season two of this podcast and uh, also have some really exciting stuff coming up that I have to take time off for and I got to reset with the Lord. Um, so we could just come back better than ever. I'm so excited to show you guys what God has in store. Thank you for supporting me, praying for me, loving me always. Um, and just letting God be a part of this journey. I'm so excited and thankful for every single one of you guys. I love you guys. Have a blessed next two weeks. I'll see you two weeks from now and yeah, love you guys. Bye.